0: Do you know what really sucks is sitting down to edit your project and realizing that you have gaps in your coverage or shots missing, you need to have a really good, specific and detailed shot list. Head over to filmmakersecrets.com slash shot list, S-H-O-T-L-I-S-T to get a killer shot list template along with some training where I show you step-by-step exactly how to use it. I believe they wanted 20 grand a day (laughs) for an interrogation room, so obviously that wasn't in the budget. We hadn't budgeted for that much of an expense for a location. Filmmakers have the power to evoke emotion, inspire thought, and drive universal change in this world. Right now, a real seismic shift is happening in the film industry. This is your best chance to join a new filmmaking movement. You have been called to create an everlasting impact with your unmatched, deep desire to tell authentic stories. So, how does a filmmaker thrive in an environment that is almost intentionally designed to bring you down? That is the question, and this podcast reveals the answer. What's happening, filmmakers? It's George VK. Welcome to Filmmaker Secrets Podcast, episode number 16. I hope you had a chance to check out the last episode where I chatted with my good friend Kyle T. Cowan. He's an amazing filmmaker and storyteller, book author, just all around amazing guy. And he revealed some secrets about wearing multiple hats on set because it seems like he does everything, which is probably a very common theme amongst many indie filmmakers. And even filmmakers in the commercial space or the corporate world, all kinds of different segments of this art form of filmmaking usually requires you to know a lot of different skills because it's a such a collaborative art form. But when you're left by yourself, fending for yourself and uh, sort of doing this one man band thing, you have to be skilled in a lot of different areas. You know, it's a camera operation, obviously, the first thing you have to be good at operating the camera and knowing how it works, how lighting works, and all the things that go into cinematography. But then you also have to be a really good director in terms of knowing what performance is good and what performance is bad, and how to get the most out of an actor or the person that you're interviewing, whoever is the subject in your project. You also have to know a lot about audio and sound and how to get good sound. And then when you get into post-production, you have to put on your editor hat and you have to know audio engineering in the post-production world. Uh, And I can go on and on and on. You also have to be a really good actor. You know, when I spoke with Nate Bakke a couple episodes back, he really emphasized the importance of Being in the actor's shoes so you get to know the vulnerabilities and the things that go through their heads in order to be able to direct their performance the best way possible. And then it gets really dicey if you are also the actor and the director because you have to play two things at the same time. You have to be hyper aware of your own performance but also not lose your character and at the same time being able to direct the other performances in that scene. I mean, it gets really in the weeds uh once you start getting into the art department with production design and costume design and makeup and special effects, all those things that culminate in a beautifully constructed film, whatever kind of segment of filmmaking that you're in, that is when true synergy, if I can use that business term, can happen. And it's interesting because about 8 years ago, I think it was 2013 when we were shooting camouflage with Kyle. I had just quit my day job. I was working over at a private elementary school doing aftercare and lunch assistance and I was getting so frustrated because I was doing nothing close to what my degree was in, which is, you know, film production and uh, storytelling if I can say that. And so I just told myself, you know what, that's it, I'm going to quit. And I said, I'm not coming back. I've been working there for five years, and I packed up my car with all my gear. There was a huge jib in the back, and I wasn't really driving a proper car. Uh, It was a Pontiac Sunfire, and I drove it across the country from Denver all the way to Los Angeles, stopping over in Las Vegas for a little bit of gambling. (laughs) <laughs> which probably wasn't the best thing. Oh, and I also had this delicious burger from the uh, Ramsay, uh, Gordon Ramsay restaurant. So good. Anyway, I digress. I'm on this road trip, on my way to L.A., super excited. Kyle and some of the crew are already waiting for me with... Uh, uh, sangria so it was just this euphoric experience of you know traveling to this uh new experience where i was going to get to shoot a uh feature film with a script that i was really excited about and i felt very uh connected to and the, you know the prospect of shooting in la with uh name actors from shows like game of thrones and the walking dead um and just a bunch of amazing actors and just so much talent packed into one project. And then we began pre-production. We majority of the film takes place in an um, interrogation room. And we were on a search for a location that would really sell that it was an interrogation room. And everything that we came across in L.A. was way too flippin' expensive. Pardon my French. I believe they wanted 20 grand a day. For an interrogation room. So obviously, that wasn't in the budget. We hadn't budgeted for that much of an expense for a location. And basically, we decided that we were going to try to find a simple uh, studio that would let us rent for a whole week. And the rate we found, I believe, was about nine grand. Uh, Anyway, we decided that we would build an interrogation room. So every weekend up until the actual shoot, we would spend. Building the walls and painting them and constructing what would look like the window that, you know, the one way window that people are looking through. And then we loaded all that up after we constructed it into a uh, a uh, truck. And I should say that we were doing all this from the storage unit. So we would take up some space on the actual driveway and build these walls and then loaded them up into the truck that could barely pass through all these narrow uh, driveways in the storage unit area. And we drove them over to the studio and loaded them off and put them together and we made it so that a few of the walls were fly away so that we could get different angles depending on what we were shooting. And I mean, the whole process was such a huge learning experience. I'm sure Kyle would attest to this, but either you find room in your budget to get a proper location that you have to do little work with, Just a a little bit of set decoration, but it already looks realistic enough for you to sell that effect of that location. You know, the suspension of disbelief in the audience will happen even more so if your set is effectively selling the space and the environment that the actors are playing in. Or you figure out ways to cheat and create a whole new world, which is the really fun part of filmmaking and particularly the production design part. But make sure that you know exactly what you're getting into before you get into it. Because as you know now from my story, a lot of the free time that I was hoping to have in LA to drive around and explore and visit friends was cut down because we had to construct a whole new set that we weren't expecting to have to construct. In the end, everything worked out. And I think the interrogation room turned out beautifully. It sold the effect and it was, you know, you were very focused on the actual performance, which were some very heavy scenes with the lead actor, Kyle. Um, His character was, you know, basically going through all these different psychological things that were happening. And I don't know, I'm I'm proud of the way that it turned out, especially considering the fact that I'm not a carpenter or I don't consider myself a set designer. uh, But we pulled through and we made it work. So there you have it, filmmakers. Definitely, definitely do the preliminary work in your pre-production to make sure that all your locations are secured, you can fit it into your budget, and if not, then you figure out ways to cheat and create your own world to place the audience in this sort of immersive environment that is just going to suspend disbelief. And as I talked about in the last solo show, I believe it was episode 14, it's all about concealing and hiding your role on set. So if you're doing some production design, make sure that you're hiding the fact that you built this set so that it doesn't stick in the audience's mind and that's all that they're fixated on. Make sure that it is serving the story instead of taking attention away from it, okay? Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, it's George VK, and I'll catch you on the next one. If you like that, then you are going to love my Cine Racing Challenge. This is a seven-day filmmaking competition where your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to write, shoot, and edit a short 60-second film in just seven days. For your one chance to win with over ten thousand dollars in prizes so head over to cine That's that's dot com to get registered spots are filling up fast and the timer is ticking before the next cine racing challenge launches so be sure to head over to cine right now to get registered i'll see you over there